Hello, and welcome to this episode of Agape Fellowship, where we learn from God's Word verse by verse. We have been going through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. His Word ministered to the multitudes then and to many millions through the ages. In the last couple of episodes, Jesus asks us to be a salt and a light in this world. Let's listen in to see what Jesus has to say as we continue from verse 17. Verse 17, do not think I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle by no means will by no means pass from the law till it's all fulfilled. Now, from here, Jesus is going to begin a discussion pertaining to the law uh, and pertaining to various aspects of what the Pharisees have been teaching them. He wanted to make it clear that he did not come to oppose God who gave Israel the laws. He did not come to destroy the word of God, but to free it from the way the Pharisees and scribes were interpreting it. Jesus wanted to make it clear that he had authority apart from the law of Moses but not in contradiction with it. He, his authority was on his own. It was not given to him by the law or by the books or by the Pharisees or any of that. It was given to him by God. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or tittle will by no means pass. The jot and tittle, I don't know if you know the Hebrew language, you know there are little um, markings in Hebrew um, that's called yot, um, yot he wave, you've heard of that, right? Um, so that, that's a yot is the one small, that it sort of it looks like an apostrophe. Um, and then the tittle is, um, you will also see it, maybe one day I'll show you what the Hebrew, or you can Google it and you'll see the alphabets, the, the Hebrew alphabets and you will see those. Um, and God, Jesus is saying here that uh, not one of them will change. Nothing is going to change. Exactly, it's every piece in the law and the prophets are going to be exactly that and he's not come to change it. In fact, he's come to fulfill it. How did he fulfill? Jesus fulfilled the doctrinal teachings of the law and the prophets. The prophecies that are in the law are in the books. He's come to fulfill them. He's come to fulfill the moral and legal demands that the law has set up. And he's come to fulfill the penalty of the law. So what a sinner should bear and all those things. So as we sojourn through the different scripture portions, remember we were reading through the book of Ruth. We saw about the kinsman redeemer, the goel. 
you know, all these things. Even in the first three chapters of the Gospel of Matthew, notice that when he was traveling through, he was fulfilling that which the Israelites couldn't do. Every part of the law, by law meaning the first five books, prophets, the rest of them, he's come to fulfill every bit of it. He has not come to destroy it. Verse 19, whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men, so shall be called the least of the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be known, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, there's a great deal of confusion between commandments and the law. Commandments are those ten commandments given to the Israelites as God's commandments. And then there are the laws. They're also called the Levitical laws. In other words, how to conduct the society, how to do certain things, and there are 615, I believe, uh, if I'm correct, uh, laws that govern various aspects of their life. For, in, for example, observance of the Passover is considered a law. That's not considered a commandment. Feast of the Tabernacle, attendance at Jerusalem for certain feasts is a law. The Levitical uh, or the Leveret wedding, the Leveret marriage, the one that I mentioned earlier about the book of Ruth, the Naomi and Ruth, uh, how Ruth uh, was legally, uh, could legally ask uh, Boaz for marriage, there's a law that allows her to ask. That law is not a commandment, as you know, the Ten Commandments. But that is a law that is required, must, is an obligation that the Jewish kins, near kinsmen ought to marry the widow of her brother. That's called a law. So let's not be confused between the law and the commandments. When Jesus, in the next sections, as you're going to see, he is referring to the commandments. He is not coming back to teach us about the Levitical laws or the laws, like I said, the law of the feast of the Passover or the feast of the unleavened bread. No, he's not referring to any of that. He's talking about the commandments. Anil, are you saying that the Ten Commandments are not part of the law? I didn't say that. I said there, there's okay. a distinction between the two, and I wanted okay. to clarify. So the law, in a sense, is that whole, when, when the Jews refer to the law, they're referring to the five books. However, to further clarify it, the, to further clarify it, I'm breaking that out into the law, the Levitical side, and the commandments. 
it's all called the law, but there's a difference between that commandment of God's commandments and the laws that govern the society because he's come to fulfill that which is in the law. So there's a, while it is embedded in it, there's a distinction. It is like saying a cell and a nucleus. When I say a cell, it implies the nucleus inside of it. When I say an egg, like, you know, the chicken's egg, I mean the white and the yellow part of it. And if I want to make a reference to the yolk, then I'll say the yolk. If not, I say the egg, which is implied, I understood, it contains both. Likewise, the law is an, it's implied, but many times, we, we forget the fact that it's implied. It's got this thing called commandment, and there's a law. And then there's the book of the law. And so that's why he says the law and the prophets has come to fulfill the law and the prophets. Because within those five books is where all these laws are provided. And inside of it, in Exodus, you're going to see, and in Deuteronomy, you're going to see those Ten Commandments. And when we look at the Sermon on the Mount, he's going to pick up one by one by one, a few, and he's going to speak about the commandment. And here's what he's saying. Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, they were Pharisees, as you know, are so adherent to the law. Adherent to the law. All of it. And now you're going to see, and Jesus is going to show you, while their adherence was from a physical point, the heart was never there. And I'm going, I'm, I'm going ahead of myself. So let's come back. So first of all, commandments and the law. Let's look at this one. We say, oh, wait a minute. Jesus came to fulfill the law. So does that mean that commandments are no longer relevant? Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 17 to 19. It's very important. 1 Corinthians 7, 17 to 19. Now, Paul is going to speak specifically about this. Nevertheless, each one should retain the place in life that the Lord assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is the rule. I lay down in all the churches. Was a man already circumcised when he was called? He should not become uncircumcised. Was a man uncircumcised? Oh, sorry. He should not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's commandment is what counts. Yes. Keeping God's commandment is what counts. Many times we get the impression in the New Testament, oh, the law is all fulfilled so we don't have to worry about it. By the way, 1 Corinthians was written after that and after Jesus' resurrection and Paul is saying keeping the commandment is what matters. In other words, 
the commandments of God are applicable to us even to this very day. So let's not confuse ourselves and, you know, get in this mishmash of saying the law is all fulfilled so I don't have to worry. It's saying that I can throw the egg out. Wait a minute, the yolk is still valuable. The bath water, yes, you can throw out, but the baby cannot be thrown out with the bath water. The bath water is, is maybe garbage or it's been, it's completed its purpose, it's no longer applicable, but the baby is. Every commandment that God has from the beginning is applicable. Those are the principles, the foundational principles of human society. Not the law, the commandments are. The law was in, put in place for what? To point to the one that will come to fulfill the law. For example, as I mentioned to you, the law of unleavened bread, the Passover, the tabernacle, and the 615 different things that are written in the book of Moses. They've been fulfilled. However, the commandment, are you telling me thou shalt not murder is thrown out? There's not one person that would say that. So I'm just saying that so that we understand clearly and there's this confusion and let's not be confused. That all of them apply. All of them, I mean the commandments. Whoever does, whoever, therefore he says, whoever breaks one of the least is the least of these. One breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called the great in the kingdom of heaven. So two, he does it and he teaches. Keeping that in mind, with a fresh set of eyes, let's go to Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Uh, brother, before going there, I yes, have a question. Please. Yeah. So these two commandments, one is Sabbath and then tithing. Yes. These are, these are the commandments, right? So um, we'll, make... we'll look at the commandments. There is the Sabbath, okay. not the tithe. Tithe is a law. Thanks. Commandment about the Sabbath. Good point. I'm glad that you brought it up. We're going to talk about that. Um, let's Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Hi, guy. Please go ahead. Then Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. Notice with the set of eyes that we just saw pertaining to whoever does and teaches. Dear brothers and sisters, if you have received that great commission, recognize that that is what God is calling you to. 
to do and to teach and to disciple. Do, teach, disciple. That's a requirement. That's the great commission given to his body, the ecclesia, the believers, group of believers that he set apart for himself. The special people that he set apart for himself, this is their job. That is your job, that is my job. How he does that is through the gift that God has given us. Not everybody's a teacher, not everybody's a preacher, not everybody's an evangelist, not everybody is a prophet. But there are diverse gifts. Gifts of the ministry, gift of prayer, so many gifts. When we were studying through the book of Corinthians, notice, remember we, we counted, I made each one of you stand up and say what your gifts were as God has revealed them to you. I remember going through and when we were meeting in the fellowship, we had each one of you, I made each one of you speak it. What has God given you as a gift? But those gifts are meant for the same purpose. By the way, you don't need to open your mouth to, to disciple somebody. Live your life. You are sufficient a witness. Be the light, be the salt, you are a sufficient witness. And if necessary, push comes to shove, then speak. Your life will reflect it. There's not a need. Just being you who you are will reflect and will teach the other person and they will come to you and say, What's different? Why are you different? What's going on? I, I, something strange about and I want to be like you. And then God will open the door for you to share his word. Now, remember that is what whoever does and teaches, he shall be great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will no means enter the kingdom. You may not like the Pharisees and scribes. However, we must hand it to them, their singular devotion to keeping the law. Their singular devotion. In Philippians, it says circumcised, I'll just read it, Philippians 3, it's talking, Paul is talking about himself, his autobiography. He's saying, um, circumcised on the eighth day, the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, so concerning the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. <coughs> Notice he says, concerning the law, he was perfect. He was a Pharisee. Pharisees were interested in those 615 laws to keep them, the nuances, and I'll get into that in a moment, um, the nuances of the law, the specifics, the uniqueness, they wanted to be perfect. But now, apart from the law, 
the righteousness of God has been disclosed and is attested by the law and the prophets, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are now justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood effective through faith. He did this to show his righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over the sins previously committed. It was to prove at the present time that he himself is righteous and that he justifies the one who has faith in Jesus. There's a righteousness that is apart from the law. What the Jews were attempting to do, the Pharisees were attempting to do, was not only convolute the commandments of God, which they did routinely, and you're going to see how Jesus brings them back to the truth. Secondly, their entire focus was on the other 615 and how to keep it perfectly. And in keeping them, they found righteousness. This is the same in all the other religions. They are seeking their own righteousness by following the law to a T. It doesn't matter what that law says. As long as they follow it, they think they have attained righteousness. But it doesn't give them any righteousness. It just means I've been able to walk that line perfectly. It's a dead end, no brain, I've done my thing. But Jesus has come to do it, and all of the law, it points, he says it, you'd search the scriptures to think that there's life in it, and it points to the one who has life. In doing them, in doing the law, in performing what the Pharisees did, you are not attaining righteousness. You just get the sense that, oh, I did this, so I feel good about it. But is it attaining anything for you? No, it's not attaining anything for you. All the feastings and fastings and all of those, all good, great things, good for you. But is it achieving something for you? Is it bringing righteousness into your life? No, it's not bringing righteousness. It's just dead end. So there's a righteousness that is apart from the law that is being shown. And that is what? Faith in the one that the scriptures points to. That is the Messiah. The righteousness is attained by putting our full trust and faith in Christ Jesus. The scriptures is pointing to, the laws are pointing to, he says, I've come to fulfill the law. The law is saying there's coming a person that's going to be the Paschal Lamb. And when he appears, he does exactly the 14th day, you know, as we were studying the last time, exactly to the date, to the hour, Jesus steps up and offers himself. So all these things point to the scriptures themselves. The law points to that. And once it's pointed to, and the person is here, now is the law valid anymore? It's not valid anymore. 
Christ because the real one is here. That's an image, the foretelling, the foreshadow of the one to come. However, the commandments still apply. Jesus came to fulfill the law and commandments given by God through Moses in the Old Testament times. The laws were to lead Israel as a nation and guide them as they evolved as a society. Many countries have laws based on Mosaic law even now, making God's commandment relevant even to the unbelieving world. Jesus came to make it even better. Let us love him and serve him by following his call to do, teach, and disciple. Do join us in the next episode. Be blessed.